You know, if I, um, we're starting this new sermon series called um, Games Children Play, and um, it's an interesting thing to watch children play. Um, if you've ever just kind of sat and watched different children play whatever games they're doing, and, and if you watch them from their youngest of age and they begin to play, um, there's, there's a lot going on. In, in their minds and in their imaginations as they are working through the world, making sense of what is happening in their world. You know, there's, um, you can watch a very young child who, who may grab a hold of a toy truck and roll the toy truck around the floor and make the sounds of a truck. And perhaps what's going on is, it, yes, this child is playing and they're using their developing imagination and their developing creativity to replicate something in their world, to mimic that truck, this reality that exists in their world that they've seen and they've heard, they've watched, and beginning to make sense of it is just mimicking the sound and the movement of a truck. If you continue to watch a child grow and mature, it may be down the road in some years, it may be a block or a leaf or a stick that becomes the truck. And they began to use their creativity and their imagination in different ways. And eventually we can watch children as they, move, as they move in their development and in their evolution of their creativity and their imagination and in, in their growth and their play, what we call symbolic play, they begin to use these abstract objects to recreate something in their world and they begin to interact with other children. So play is important. This whole notion that children are just merely playing, there's a lot more going on than, than the observer can see or hear. The children, the child, is learning something about their world, trying to make sense of it, making sense of it, through symbolism, through creativity, through imagination. And they grow in this, in this development to the point that they begin to grow in their relationships with, their other, with others and their relationship to the world, the realities of their world. Play is very important. And it's not just important for, for children. It's important for everybody. Our brains, our minds, our spirits, our emotions, our bodies need relaxation. They require it. We need time to create and imagine. To let, our, to let our imaginations drift and wander. Let our brains just go free. Something that's not about the task or the job of our everyday life. Play is very important. It helps the well-being of us all. And so as I've been thinking about how children play and how that helps them make sense of the world, maybe our play as adults helps us make sense of the world. And not just adults, but people of all ages, children, youth, teenagers, young adults, older adults. Play is important. So I'm going to invite us to spend just a few minutes to play here in the sanctuary. Yeah, you laugh. But we're going to do it. We're going to play hide and seek. And we're going to do it by symbolism. And we're going to play hide and seek by using our imaginations 
and some sense of creativity. There are four corners in this room. We're going to call it the back pulpit corner. We're going to call it the front pulpit corner. We're going to call that corner back there the lectern back corner. And this is the front lectern corner. Everybody got that? Back pulpit, back lectern, front pulpit, front lectern. And these are your hiding places. I'm going to count to five. I'm it. I'm always it. I'm the one who's trying to find you. And I'm going to count to five. I'm not going to look at you, so I don't know where you're going to look. And I'm going to count to five. And then I'm going to pick a corner. And then we're going to see who I find. All right, you ready? One, two, three, four, five. I pick the back pulpit corner. If you are not in that corner, you can raise your hand. Wow, y'all hid well. Now don't cheat. Keep your hands up. You've got to keep them up now. All right, let's go round two. One, two, three, four, five. I pick the front lectern corner. If you're not in that corner, raise your hand. Keep them raised. Keep them raised. We're going to go to round three. One, two, three, four, five. I pick the pulpit front corner. If you're not in that corner, raise your hand. All right, keep them raised because you're still in the game. One, two, three, four, five. I pick the back pulpit corner. If you're not in that corner, keep your hand raised. Y'all are really good at this game. All right. One, two, three, four, five. I pick the back lectern corner. If you're in that corner, you lower your hand. If you're not in that corner, raise your hand. Y'all got to keep them raised so I know who I'm trying to get. One, two, three, four, five. I pick the back pulpit corner. Who's, who's not in that corner? All right, you're still in the game. Keep them up. I'm trying to get you out. One, two, three, four, five. The front lectern corner. Who's not in that corner? Not in that corner. Yeah, you, if you're out, you're out. You're out, you're out. I need to know who has not been caught yet. So we're down to three. This is, looks more like it. We're down, we're down to three. All right. One, two, three, four, five. I picked the back lectern corner. We got one left. Nope, I got Bob. Is anybody left? Look at this guy. You win the prize. You get a box of crayons. That's right. Give him a hand. So I want you to use your creativity. Sometime down the road, you can play and use your creativity. Interesting little game. Did you have fun? Have you ever played hide and seek in the sanctuary in a church service before? Well, good. Now you've done that. We've, we, we've got that out of the way. So let's talk about what in the world will we even do that. Why would we do play hide and seek in the sanctuary during a, ser- a worship service? And the answer is, because I think it helps us understand what Paul is saying in his letter to 1 Timothy. 
1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 12 through verse 17, this is part of the thanksgiving of his letter to Timothy. This letter is one of, one of the pastoral letters that Paul writes to his colleagues, to Timothy and to Titus. There are at least three letters in, these, in what we call three, 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus. These are personal letters that Paul is writing to colleagues, to friends. These are, these are his words to say, I support you, I encourage you, I'm here for you, and I'm here to give you some advice. And in this letter in 1 Timothy, we, we're going to read a portion of the thanksgiving. In this letter, it starts with a greeting and then it moves into a thanksgiving. We're in midway towards the end of the thanksgiving at verse 12. And I want us to hear these words... As Paul writes them, and listen to what he's saying. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Thanks be to God. Paul is writing this very personal letter to his friend. And in this Thanksgiving portion, he highlights some important pieces. He recognizes the, the ancient wisdom literature, which classifies humanity into three categories. The first is the simple. Humanity can be simple. And the humanity in the second category category can be foolish and the third category is wise and Paul is recognizing and lays claim that he is a was a simple human being he was ignorant of the truth he did not know who Jesus Christ was did not know the truth of God and in not knowing the truth he persecuted the truth he was violent towards the truth he blasphemed the truth but because God is merciful because God is gracious loving and forgiving he was found he was cleansed he was made wise because he accepted the truth. He responded to the truth. He responded to God's grace, to God's love, to God's mercy, to God's forgiveness. And in that response, God calls him to be an apostle. Paul is recalling that moment in time, in those moments in time, 
when he is reminded again and again that he was lost. In fact, he wasn't just lost. He was hiding in the four corners of the world from the truth. And in his hiding, in his effort to not be found, he found himself blaspheming the truth and the light, being violent towards the truth, persecuting God and Christ himself. But in God's mercy, Christ searched the four corners of the world and found Paul and justified Paul and called Paul to be an apostle and proclaim the good news that is the truth that God is merciful, that God is holy, and Jesus Christ is the fullest revelation of God that we have. And Jesus Christ is God's self. And Jesus Christ saves Paul, calls Paul, cleanses Paul, forgives Paul, and sends him out to be his proclaimer. What a powerful moment. What a, what a, what a way to think about being a simple human being, somebody who is ignorant of the truth. And then to recognize that the truth sought him out. This simple man, a violent man, a persecuting man, a blasphemous man. And made that man wise. Because that simple man responded to the truth of God. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ the same came to save all sinners. All of the simple, all of the foolish, who have heard the truth, have experienced the truth, and have run and defied the truth, have failed to obey God, have failed to follow Christ, choose not to. Those are the foolish. But by God's mercy, Christ searches out the four corners of the world and finds us and brings us into the light brings us into the truth and washes over us with such overwhelming and beautiful powerful grace that we can barely understand it and all we can do is be like Paul and proclaim it that God is gracious and merciful and came for me and comes for you and will find you wherever you hide to offer you grace. Offer me grace and mercy to be God's people, to be whom God created us to be. That's a powerful understanding of a very simple game, hide and seek. So I invite us through this season of games that children play 
to let our imaginations follow the Spirit of God and let, let God lead us into a creativity that invites us to come out of our hiding places in the corners of the world and be found and respond to being found, to be the people of God, to be followers of Jesus Christ, to be proclaimers of the truth. When we do that, we raise up disciples. We welcome confirmands. We lead confirmands by example. And we encourage them to be members of the church and disciples of Jesus Christ. And when we do that for them, we do it for one another. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.